Are you a defense financial manager looking to invest in your career? Attend PDI, the Professional Development Institute in Phoenix, Arizona, May 29th to 31st. PDI is the premier annual training event for the DFM community with over 100 educational sessions, 300 speakers, and the ability to earn up to 150 continuing professional education credits. This three-day event enhances the knowledge and skills of defense financial managers in the DOD, U.S. Coast Guard, and public and private sectors. Register today at PDI2024.org. Early bird rates end April 30th. Asante came to TurboTax after graduating from culinary school and landing a job in the hottest kitchen in town. My hands are full all day, every day. I love it. Asante, as your TurboTax expert, I'll make your moves count, guaranteeing 100% accurate filing and your maximum refund. Sound good? Yes, expert! Switch to Intuit TurboTax and make your moves count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Fellow auto detailers, welcome to the show that features interviews with today's most successful auto detailers. This is the Auto Detailing Podcast. Here's your host, Jimbo Balaam. This week's episode is brought to you by Google AdWords for the modern auto detail business. Now, this is a course, and Google AdWords is something that I've been doing in my personal detailing business for quite some time now, and it's something that I've tweaked and condensed and studied, and I've worked the perfect model to make profitable Google Ads. So... Um, Google ads can sometimes be, or paid advertising in general, can sometimes be a really scary thing to dive into. You're investing money. You're not sure what the outcome is going to be. But what I've done is developed a course outlining exactly how I run my personal Google ads, and I show you how you can do that too. So it leaves the guesswork out of it. You just are shown how to make profitable Google ads. So if you're interested in driving some serious traffic to your business, if you're looking at reaching new customers and you want to do it in kind of the modern approach to word-of-mouth marketing and taking advantage of the authority that Google offers and Google searching offers, because that's really what it comes down to is taking advantage of the authority that Google offers you. And you could get the number one spot on the number one page for select keywords. If you're interested in this and if you're interested in taking your business to the next level, head on over to Auto Detailing Podcast com slash Google. That's autodetailingpodcast.com slash Google. Now back to the show. Welcome to episode 189 of the Auto Detailing Podcast. And today we have a first, actually, um, and it's, it's kind of hard to get a first when you're this deep into it. Um, but today we have Darren Priest from Auto Fetish Detail. You may know him from his uh, YouTube channel. You just It's just the Auto Fetish Detail channel right on youtube correct okay so um and we're going to be answering some questions and um yeah darren gets a ton of questions i get a ton of questions and i put my feelers out there on facebook a few nights ago um and got some really really good questions darren so um i don't know how many of these we're going to make it through but um we're going to make this a regular thing where we jump on together and do a little q a so that'll help uh, everyone listening, if you have questions, you could either reach out to Darren or reach out to myself, um, and we'll share how to do that later in the show if you have some of these uh, burning questions, I guess. But Darren, before we get into that, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay. 
my business name is called Auto Fetish Detail. I chose that to be both provocative <laughs> and memorable. I put a lot of thought into that. I used to drive around uh, in a you know wage slave job, as I call it. And I used to see these other mobile detailers out there working, and I just knew one day I would be one of them. Uh, that was my aspiration at the time. I uh, got side-railed, um, and then it was through an other chain of events that I actually ended up in the detailing business accidentally. And this is going back 27 years now. So I've been in the business as a professional detailer close to 27 years now. Uh, if you actually wanted to really look at my bio, uh, you could just go to autofetishdetail.com and I have a about page or an introduction page and they can read about it uh, more in detail. But as the saying goes, I'm a seasoned veteran <laughs> detailer. How about nice. that? <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. And that's... Uh... Not that you needed any credibility or that anyone needs credibility to answer questions or try to answer questions, but uh, you come with some experience be yeah, behind I've been, this. I've been dragged around the block a few times <laughs> myself. <laughs> so, um, cool. And we're actually doing, for people that are listening to this in an audio format, um, I'm actually doing uh, a Skype video call. So this video will be available on YouTube if you want to see two dudes sitting at computers watching watching us talk. <laughs> uh, so it's probably not going to be too exciting, but I figured since we're already doing the audio, might as well do the video. Yeah. So uh, if you're ready, we'll jump into it. Let's go for it. So um, this question, this is probably one of the best questions I got uh, when I put some feelers out, and it's from Justin uh, Waddell, W-A-D-E-L-L. -L. If I butchered that, sorry. Um, and he says, what makes a detailer a professional? Does every detailer need to offer services such as full correction, coating, and wet sanding? Does every detailer need to know how to operate a rotary to be considered a professional? Wow, that is an excellent question. And now that you ask that, it is uh, one of the most commonly asked questions and, and would you like me just to give my yeah, answer? Let's, yeah, just kind of okay. let's give your answer, and then we'll just, for everyone listening, we don't have any scripts or really any idea of how we're even going to do this. It's just going to be totally off the cuff. So, yeah. Yeah, seriously, this is as candid as it gets. Yeah. We have not, other than uh, pre-arranging the time that this would happen, you and I have not fielded these questions. I have no idea what you're even going to ask me yet. So. Right. It's as candid as it gets. Yeah. So with that said is my simple answer to that is, and it is it has to do with any virtually any industry, once you get paid to do anything, officially you are considered a professional. Okay. That is the, that would be kind of be the textbook answer. So if this Justin. gentleman, this person, mm -hmm. if he's ever gotten paid to perform detailing services, he can consider himself a professional and it would be legitimate. But the deeper question is more where he went into detail as to do I have to know, and I'll uh, simplify that, because I think what he's asking is, do I have to know everything in order to be considered a professional? And the simple answer is no, you do not. 
And probably the greater question is, do I have to know anything before I can start making money? Right. And the simple answer is no, you don't. And that is the great news is no, <laughs> you do not. <laughs> Phenomenal news. <laughs> yes, it is. The trick is, how do you make money without knowing everything? Therein lies the rub, right. the more difficult part. So that would be my answer to that. So now, and I also wanted to add to that, you know, it's detailing is a constant learning industry as well. So, it, it, you know, to, if you feel like you have to get to this certain level to then be called a professional, because once you get to that level, um, maybe you feel like there's nothing that can come your way that would stumble you. Um, and, and I think that's kind of a, a dangerous place to be because though there may be, uh, hardly anything that could stumble us out in the field as detailers, there's still, I feel like this is my viewpoint. Um, and, Correct me if I'm wrong for you, Darren, but um, there's situations and things that I come across that I've never handled before, you know, and and I don't know how to handle it. But then that's when you can kind of, you know, that saying is when you don't know something, fall back on what you do know, you know. So if, if you come across that's something that you, that you don't know how to do, fall back on what you do know and then see if what you do know will handle that issue or that problem. You know, that's a very good uh, way of approaching that, a very good perspective. Um, and I'm not sure if I've actually looked at it that way, but in you saying that, it's like, yeah, that is uh, that is a great way to view that. Um, usually how I answer that, and I tell people in quite a few of my videos, is that if you are a person that does not like problem solving, <laughs> I kind of believe that detailing may not be the uh, place for you. Mm. But with that said, is that anyone attempting to go into business for themselves, I don't care what industry they choose, and I have reduced life down to one problem solving moment after another. Mm -hmm. And as a person, for me personally, for some reason, I enjoy that process. I, I welcome, and, and, and I also say this, if you can look at a problem and you can either respond or react to it in a couple ways, you can look at it with uh, fear and anxiety and choose to run in the opposite direction, or you can view it as a challenge and as a learning moment, and that's where you put your a logic and a reasoning and problem-solving skills into practice, and you dissect it. You know, the, mm -hmm. the proverbial adage of the devil lies in the devils, and then the, what I would call the polar opposite of that is that God lives in the details, mm -hmm. and not to get religious suddenly on us, or spiritual, but in my world, I've reconfigured that to say that the answers lie within the details because as society we are being groomed to just live at the surface at a very surf, sur superficial level we want immediate answers uh, immediate solutions we don't want to do the hard work and figure it out for ourselves and marketing and advertising are literally engineering 
problem-solving skills and critical thinking out of society. And so to me, when I come upon a challenge with detailing, because really every car, and I think you could probably attest to this, Jimbo, really every car, I would say, to kind of simplify it, represents 80% of basic rules. How do you shampoo floor mats? How do you shampoo leather? How do you clay bar a car? Those types of things. But then every car or boat or RV you're working on, there's about 20% where it's unique. Mm. It's uniquely dirty. Uh, something is going to be unique about it. So it's like, okay, I've got this unique stain that I don't <laughs> know what it is. I can't identify it. How am I going to get it out? Because it's on some fabric that I've never dealt with before. Right. Suddenly you're required to figure it out. Right. And so that's where it's like, oh, you could be fearful. Now, granted, I still get fearful even after this many years because mm-hmm. I want to deliver for my customers. But it also it's like, hey, here's the new challenge. I'm going to figure this out. Right. I'm going to apply the basic rules and understanding, but I'm going to and, – and that might work, but it may not work. And so, therefore, how am I going to figure out – this particular problem on this particular car. Yeah, and and I think the to kind of bring it back around, Justin, if you're listening, um, the good news is, like Darren said, you don't need to know how to do a full correction to to consider yourself a professional. You don't know how to do what you don't need to know how to do wet sanding or put on a coating or even operate a rotary. Now, saying that, I feel like a lot of people are gonna give flack for saying that. But it's true. Anyone, like you said, anyone who trades you dollars for a service, you're technically a professional. And I, I can remember back to just starting out and kind of that term um, kind of playing with my head a little bit. But um, with that said, you should learn how to do all that stuff. You just don't need to know it before you consider yourself a professional. Would you do you agree there? A hundred percent. And that is, you know, the good news is... And I think a lot of that is just comes with inexperience. Yeah. And and insecurity. Lack, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Lacking of self-confidence, which will come, yeah. you know, as you do more and more of it. And people get hung up on labels. It's like, oh, am I really a professional or am I not? And, and that's such a common concern for guys. It's like, when can I start calling myself a professional? <laughs> well, you can say it. Whenever you want to, honestly. Fake and it and you how make about it. you, Jimbo? <laughs> Has any one of your customers ever asked you that specifically? It's like, well, are you a professional detailer, Jimbo? They just asked for my certifications. What's that? They only asked for my certifications. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know you're kidding about that one. Because <laughs> uh, you and I both have joked about that very topic where, and this is, once again, it's just a... Uh, a reflection of someone's inexperience and not to disparage guys that are just getting into the business because you and I have both been there and we know how how fearful it is and how much uh, anxiety can go into that. And so because of that fear and anxiety based on inexperience, you want to overcompensate. And those are ways that people look to do it through certifications or a piece of paper or a sticker that can go on their car or their truck that they're operating out of, or the ability to, to call themselves a professional or put professional detailing on their car 
business cards. You know, it's like, ooh, that's going to mean something based on society and to other people. And to, to you and a guy like myself, we see it for what it is. For the most part, it's irrelevant. Yeah. You know? And it's a non-issue. Um, but we understand, you know, or as a beginner, where you're coming from. Totally. All right. The next question is from uh, Kevin Davis. And he says, I think waterless, uh, uh, referring to waterless car washing or, or rinseless or whatever, is a sure. big topic, not only for areas like California, but also as an efficiency product for mobile detailers. Can you talk about that and how to integrate it into the business side of things, maintenance programs, etc.? So I know you've uh, posted a couple of videos about O&R and stuff like that, and there's a bunch of other companies that offer um, either waterless or rinseless or basically just reducing uh, the amount of your runoff. Um, yes. But so he's ta- And we're both in California, so we know this whole drought thing going on and, and the fines that can go along with that. But, um, but I think he's also saying from an efficiency standpoint, um, yeah, how could that work? I know that, uh, because of my videos, that's something I talk about in quite a few videos. And so that's a a very common question that gets asked of me on my YouTube channel. Mm. And, um, and this is one of those moments that I'm going to lift up my skirt partially <laughs> and reveal some of my uh, experience and <laughs> technique, but uh, there is part of it that I'm not going to reveal to the world uh, because I've been actually using waterless techniques mm-hmm. for oh, well over 15 years, long before we ever had products. Mm. Um and one of the things I think I've been good at is seeing over the horizon, seeing what is coming before it actually gets here. And especially here in California, it's a very liberal state. It's all about save the planet, save the world, save the animals, save water. And, and by the way, I'm all about conservation. Mm-hmm. I do not like waste. I don't care if it's plentiful or not. I just don't like waste. Um, so I've been using waterless techniques way before we even had the products out now. And that's the cool thing about it is that now we actually have products that are multi-purpose. So not only now do you have what you would consider a true waterless wash product, but now you can get a wash and wax product in the same product. Mm-hmm. And that's why I did that video, O&R. And in case no one recognizes that acronym, that's Optimum No Rinse Wash and Wax. Um, So I use it as much as possible. Um, I employ a strategy with my own customers that when I tell most, or when I tell detailers that this is what I do, most of them really have a hard time wrapping their mind around it. And I think I may have shared it with you, Jimbo. Um, And they think, well, how do you get away with that? (laughs) Well, without revealing the exact strategy. I remember now. It took me a second, but I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all about presentation. Right. And it's amazing how you can present something 
in endless ways mm-hmm. and come up with endless results. So based on how you present an idea or a concept to a person, and in this case a customer, suddenly if you can show value in that, they go, like a light bulb literally goes on in their head and they're like, oh my gosh, that makes sense. And you can train your customers in a way that actually saves you time, which makes you more profitable it allows you to become more competitive against your or more, uh, you know, uh, against your competition, uh, sets you above your competition. So it's really a win-win for both sides. But I'm a huge fan of them, whether you want to prep a car before you detail it or you have some maintenance accounts, which I'm sure you have, your, you know, plenty of your maintenance accounts where you see maybe once a week, once a month, whatever. Um, now, me personally, I don't do what's considered any weekly washing for any customers. Anything I do is purely under the category of either detailing or maintenance detailing. But I use waterless or no-rinse methods all day long. I'm a huge fan of it. And I guess to kind of simplify it, it's more about how you present the concept to your customer if, I'll add the big if, if your customer even questions it. Ah, <laughs> and there's another thing that you and I have talked about, Jimbo, is that so much of this stuff is so irrelevant. Right. Totally. I mean, I've, in all these years of doing my method, I think I've had maybe – Five customers, at best, even ask me about it. Most of them, A, aren't watching at the beginning, or B, don't care, or C, are so amazed by the end result that they have completely forgotten about it. So it really becomes irrelevant. Mm. It's kind of like whatever works for you as a detailer, meaning however you want to get that dirt off or however you want to maintain that car through products, um, go with it. And I'm a huge fan, and it and it's a win for everyone. It conserves water. It can help you save time. So it depends on if you're talking about it under the category of detailing and prepping that car first by removing the superficial dirt Mm-hmm. Or under the category of what we, what you and I would call either weekly washing or maintenance detailing. Totally, I think because I'm a big fan of O and R as well. Um, and I'll link up to your video uh, uh, of you explaining O and R. I think you have a couple of them. If I'm, I have two. Okay. One of them is is more kind of an introduction to the product. Okay, how to use it, the bucket method. The second one is me just kind to trying to test the limits because, like you and I, we are mobile detailers, right. so we're subject to the weather elements more than a fixed location. Right. In fact, I was just just testing a pro, a new product today out in the sun. It's Sonax, uh, their spray detailer, mm. and it was in the direct sun, and it looks like it's a great product. But in the direct sun, it sucks. That's not because the product sucks, but it can't, but the way it responds on hot paint or hot glass, mm-hmm. it was 
miserable to use. And so you and I have to deal with that. And so that's a big issue as far as mobile versus a fixed location. Totally. And, and uh, gosh, there's so many things I could say to that. But, yeah, that's, that's interesting. And I think that's a subject that doesn't get talked about a lot, and that is how these products work in direct sun. Because the reality of the matter is for mobile detailers is that, Yes, you could throw up a canopy and do all this, but even if you throw up an easy up, m- you know, more than half of the car may still be in the sun. Yes. You know what I mean? It's an <laughs> easy up sucks. Sometimes yeah. it's it's not even worth the hassle of putting up the easy up. So, you know, I've looked at um which know, is why by the way, I don't use one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me neither. <laughs> I I had one. Um, yes, and I used I to, one too. I, and I used to use it. And then I think I brought it to the beach one time, like for a family thing. And then I just said, forget it. And I never, I just couldn't get myself yeah. to buy one ever again. But, right. um, you know, polishes that work in direct sun, you know, uh, glass clean, you know, all these products always say, Oh, don't use in direct sun. Yes. And, and I think that's one thing that's lacking in the product category is, um, I, and we know of a few that are out there that you can do paint correction in full sun, um, e- even with a rotary. Yes. <laughs> but yes, uh, that's that. Yeah. And this is this is where I test, and and this is kind of what I call my unique value proposition with my own website is that I'm not a spokesperson or mm. a pitch man for any one product line. It's really about hey, if it's a great product, I want to know about it, Right. but I'm going to determine how great it is or isn't based on the real world of detailing. And for me, that means can it perform in the sun for my world, which is mobile detailing where I'm exposed to the elements. Totally. And one thing I have, because I still have a couple, I'm kind of in that awkward transition phase in my own business of getting out of the weekly uh, car washes per se. Yes. Um, yeah. and so I still hold on to a few that pay pretty good. But so for, uh, on the business side, as far as efficiency, um, it's, uh, rinseless or waterless car washing is a little bit, uh, dirtier, like literally your hands get a little dirtier and because yes. you're just in more contact with the dirt. Right. Um, but it can, O and R's saved me, um, a lot of time with maintenance washes. And I've talked about that on the show and even, even about using, uh, opti seal and kind of opti seal the cars. If you're doing them on a weekly basis, cause they stay cleaner longer and, right. it, and it makes your job easier. So yeah, definitely as a efficiency product, it, it's there too. Um, yeah. and, and for people in California, even more so, uh, just the fact that you don't have to deal with you don't have to have that worry of is the city going to come out and give me a fine? Is the city going to come out and shut me down? Um, right. And in fact, I it was funny. One day I picked up uh, a few cars at an office park because their normal detailer got shut down because of his runoff. And so the people still wanted their car done. Um, and what's funny is the quick story. The detailer stuck around to see how I could do it with no runoff. And then I think he was doing like $20 car washes. And I said, dude, why are you doing it so cheap? You know? And he's like, oh, that's all they'll pay, blah, 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 blah. Right. And I charged $40 right. 
per yeah. car wash. And the people were like, really? That's it? Only 40 bucks? Yeah. <laughs> and so kind of bringing it way back to what you were talking about before is, you know, a lot of times customers don't even question it, um, question things. And I don't know. So, yeah, waterless yeah. Um, not only could help save the environment, but it'll help uh, could help your profitability and efficiency. Yeah. So that's that's my big. Um, if I had to reduce my uh, goal mm-hmm. down to three things, it would be efficiency, which equals profitability, yeah. and exposing all the BS and hype of the industry. And the, and I know you and I share that same that same theme where we're are, it's just makes my blood want to boil yeah. you know and it would because i know there's guys on the sideline there's guys that are just getting into the business and it does nothing but confuse and frustrate them and it doesn't have to be that complicated right you know but it's but unless you understand the need for these big businesses and corporations to push endless products onto people then you get led around by the nose um, and yeah. you find yourself chasing your tail or what feels like you're chasing your tail after one product after another. But the reality is, is are you making any money yet? Right. And, and, and really, isn't that what virtually I would think any guy that wants to get in this business, I think that the common themes are is, A, I want to work for myself, doing something that I love to do, mm. and making money doing it. Yeah, if, I you're, mean, if you're going to work every day and you're not making any money, you got issues. Yes, yes. <laughs> and it may just be an experience. Right. And, and and that's a problem is, and that's such the polar opposite of when I first started in the business 25 plus years ago, the internet, I think, barely existed. Nowhere, I mean, it was so obscure. And, and so the point is, is, to try to get training back then mm. was very difficult, yeah. and there wasn't enough information. Now the polar opposite exists where there's too much information, mm. endless opinions, endless voices, and it's so overwhelming you don't know who to listen to. And so you, you just feel like you're chasing your tail from one opinion to the next. And you're like, but wait, I'm, I'm still not making money. Right. So so. What do you do? So besides watching your YouTube channel, of course, and listening to the podcast, where do people get the voice of reason? How, how do they kind of vet uh, all these voices, like you said, all these voices out there that are kind of pulling and tugging people in all these different directions? How do they know what is kind of legitimate and what is not? You know, that's what's, that's, what's, uh, that, that's such a, a relevant question. It comes from Jimbo. We'll give a shout out to it, that question comes from Jimbo. We'll give him a shout out. Yeah, go Jimbo. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of figured you were throwing in your own uh, uh, question there, <laughs> but it, but it's a, a very critical one, and I guarantee whoever's listening to this is out there saying, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." What is that? Um, and now that I've said that, you've actually just, or I've derailed myself <laughs> as to what you were saying. <laughs> this this show is all about uh, oh, yeah. chasing squirrels. Yeah. How, how do you verify? Yeah. See how candid this is? Yeah. Can't even remember our own thoughts. <laughs> yes. 
I, I need to take notes to keep up with yeah, myself because totally. my brain is, is on hyperdrive. So that's a, a good question. And, and to quote Ronald Reagan, trust but verify. Mm. So it's one thing to trust, but how do you verify? In today's world of the Internet, literally anyone can have a platform in which to voice their opinions. And how do you know if it's misinformation, misguided information, or just bogus or irrelevant. So how do you verify that? And that's difficult. The best I could suggest is that you do your homework and it's what I call due diligence. And it's a term that I think is very common in like the real estate industry, the law industry, where you have to do your due diligence, which means you have to put in your time and effort to verify uh, who you're getting the information from, are they speaking from firsthand experience? You know, because you have these topics. Like, for example, this the, the one we started out to come full circle about yeah. the wheel acid. And I don't know if you were taping that <laughs> we or not. Weren't, we weren't, but it's okay. You and I both are fans of using acid-based wheel cleaners. Huge fans. Huge. <laughs> Why? Because they work. <laughs> and they're efficient and they're effective. Yes. Right. And yet there's this whole heard Stigma. of people yeah. that the second they hear acid, they just go off. And I know it's because they're speaking from inexperience yeah. and they're not speaking from the real world. And the detailing forums, the car forums is not the real world people. Okay? <laughs> you and I live in the real world where we've got to turn a profit in order to stay in business. And guess what? If, if we don't turn a profit, we go out of business. Not only do, does that hurt us as individuals, but it hurts all the potential clients that we could be delivering a great service and value to. So it hurts both sides, you know, if we do not stay profitable. And so with wheel acid, it's such a hot button for a lot of people where it's like, oh, any detailer that's using wheel acid doesn't know what he's doing. And it's going to screw up wheels. It's going to damage them. And it's like, well, okay, where's your evidence? Right. Where are you speaking from? You know, what are you basing this opinion on? So you've got to do your due diligence. And, and, it's, and it becomes increasingly harder today to verify because anyone can create a fabulous-looking website very easily, very cheaply. They can go on forums and spend all day long making these posts regurgitating information that they gathered along the way and so they can look completely legitimate and yet they could have like zero experience in the real world right. they could be completely broke have no work and yet they could be speaking as though they're an expert so it is tough you know it's tough to verify so um, I don't have a very simple straightforward answer other than at least attempting to to verify, you know, do they have a website? Uh, how do you, you know, looking at their credentials as yeah. far as reviews, experience? Uh, I mean, it's pretty easy to track people down now today. Um, you know, if they have reviews, you know, how do you, you know, totally. at least attempt to to verify those reviews, those types of things. I don't know. Do you have ways of verifying? My first line, like when I, I'm 
pretty I watch all these Facebook groups and people keep inviting me into these Facebook groups pertaining to detailing and stuff like that. And I watch what's going on, but sometimes a lot of the questions just get redundant and kind of ridiculous, honest honestly. Like I don't need to respond to someone asking what the best all-purpose cleaner is. Right. Kind of the best all-purpose cleaner is really any all-purpose cleaner. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think. That's um, so funny you say that because it's like, well, I don't know. Pick one. Yeah. It's going to be safe. And, and guess what? I'm sure it'll be just fine for you. So just pick one. Yeah. But I see a lot of these guys. And another thing is, you know, I got a wife and two kids and a life outside of detailing. I can't, I don't really have time to bicker with people in a detailing form. But sometimes I try and chime in and whatever. But kind of my first line of, verification is does this person operate a detail business at all so if if someone um like i remember a long time ago there's this guy i don't even remember which group it was or whatever but he was he was just bagging on everyone and i'm like who is this guy you know and because he was literally commenting on every thread that would pop up so i'm like wow this guy's got a lot of time on his hands i wonder what he does you yes. know and nowhere on it did it talk about um, him having a detail shop or, or, uh, working at a detail shop or, um, anything like that. You know, I think he was in the military and I'm like, well, thank you for your service. That's great. You're in the military, but why the heck are you hating on all these detailers and you don't even own or operate or work at or do anything pertaining to making money in detailing <laughs> yet? You're telling people how to do it. So that's kind of my first line of defense, I guess. It, um, and that's, yes, uh, which is good. And I've come across the same thing myself. And what I will actually do is I'll actually reach out. Like, let's say I, I question someone like that. And I go and I see that they actually have a website. I'll go to that website and I'll look up their phone number and I'll call them and I'll act oh, like I'm yeah. a customer. Good one. I'll ask them questions. And the questions I ask them are coming from experience, and so I know I can trip them up very easily, and I can can pretty much guess. It's like, okay, A, this guy kind of has a business. He probably has a couple cars at best that he does a week, Mm. and he's probably been in business for about six months or about a year. That sounds like a fun Saturday activity. Yeah. (laughs) It is very enlightening, you know? So that's what I've actually done is I will – literally reach out and I'll just I'll play like I'm a customer and say oh I've got this car and you know fill in the blank and and and, and that's how I test um, but it is difficult because yeah. that's the the sad thing about the internet is that literally anyone can create a blog right. a website whatever and they can just misrepresent all day long yeah so stop All right, the next question comes from Josh Dominguez, um, and he said, I would like to know more on the business end, which, by the way, was a big, every, almost every question that came up pertained to uh, the business aspect of uh, detailing. So that was, I thought that was just interesting in and of itself. But he says, um, such as, what has been the best unique marketing approach other than word of mouth, uh, word of mouth marketing? Uh, best ROI for different marketing tools, i.e. Google AdWords, Facebook marketing, etc. So have you kind of had um, uh, one uh, um, kind of one marketing approach other than uh, 
just word of mouth that's worked for you? Sorry, I'm getting distracted. Your wife's walking in. My wife's walking in the room. And I'm like, <laughs> I saw the wife. I'm just going to introduce because you haven't met my wife, correct? Uh, no, not in person, but well, virtually is fine. Bend down a little bit, babe. And you see this little screen down here? Hi. Hi. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. I've heard a lot about you. <laughs> All good. Yeah, yeah hopefully, say, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have, to, you have to be a little more specific, you know, because <laughs> have I not gone on endlessly about Jimbo? And how yeah. awesome I am? Yeah. That's nice. Did you say how awesome you are? Yeah. 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 See, I I, he's like me. Right? I, I, exactly. <laughs> I know. Very much so. That's why yeah. I said there's so many things about Jimbo and myself that were so completely on the same page yeah. and it's so refreshing it is uh when when you're, you meet someone where you guys think alike you have the same sense of humor mm-hmm. you know uh you joke sarcasm go down the list so it is hey, refreshing. Now, this is my wife she's nice wired to meet you. exactly <laughs> the same way you know she loves uh very healthy levels of what I call levity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sarcasm. Go nice. down the so Perfect. Okay. So we're, we're doing our little okay. uh, moment here. <laughs> we'll, we'll be done shortly. All right. Uh, Bye. Well, nice so, to meet you. <laughs> we're keeping that in, too. We're not, we're not going to edit that out, Darren. Oh, that's fine. No, Jimbo <laughs> said it was he's, nice to meet you. Oh, is he online? Well, we're on Skype. Oh, my, oh, no, my wife's a little challenged when it comes to technology. Well, no, I thought you because he says a podcast. I thought it was like a podcast. Well, he's taping it for a podcast. Oh, sorry. But no, I, it's fine. You're yeah, fine. You're, this is this is going to be visual also. Yeah, you're you're totally busted anyway. So did we you go. want to show off your outfit, honey? The <laughs> <laughs> oh. outfit you're currently wearing, yeah. unless you wanted to go put on a different outfit for the audience. <laughs> Well, we would surely get ratings then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, every, everyone would drop the audio edition and go, forget the audio. Where's the video yeah, at? Yeah, so visual. <laughs> uh, so, so is, yeah. Well, really, to go back to your uh, or to that question, you have, and I just literally purchased it from you, mm. and it's something that I've been working on myself, but I have about like 20 uh, – Sorry, that's my phone. All right. I literally have about 20 balls in the air, yeah. and I'm trying to juggle them. I've got endless people. They want information. They want help. And, you know, that's my nature is to help, and I can't do it quick enough. But you actually already have something in place, which is your Google AdWords course. And I bought it just like three days ago. Yeah. And... I think over the weekend you asked if I had gotten through it yet, which I did not because on the weekends that's as even Anytime. though I still work on the weekends, I tap out of emails and mm. so forth. But I was listening to it last night, uh, but I was so tired because I'm trying to get back and rehabbing my arm, and I felt started falling asleep. So I put you to sleep. Not because it was not engaging. And I've got to tell you, you've got a great uh, – the tone of your voice is very well suited for audio. And that's not to suggest that you have a, a face that's meant for radio because that's kind of a common, you know, oh, you've got a face that's, that's my perfect joke. for radio. It is. It's only partly uh, true. But no, it's not. It's just that your voice, it, it comes across well in audio. 
whereas then I hear myself on audio and I recoil. It's like, ooh, I don't, I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, it's the same. It's it's awkward to hear your own voice. Yeah. So, but it's a great program and it works. And see, with my websites, I actually um, I am on the other side of your program in that people advertise on my website to get business. And so I know, just like yourself, all the ins and outs of Google and the search engines and how they work and search engine optimization. I've spent the last eight years studying this stuff. But you already have that course. And so to me, um, that's the simple answer is to get that course. Uh, It's it's not going to break the bank. It would be worth every penny of it. And the one sidebar that I would add that you and I discussed was that, yes, you do need a website in order for it to work because people will – you can't advertise without having a place for someone to go. Right. And what I would – to answer Josh's question too, I would just say you have to be found online. That is – you know, word of mouth marketing or yeah, traditional word of mouth marketing is great. And it is, it is one of the most effective ways to get more business. But nowadays, whether that's SEO, like you've talked about, um, or it's kind of paying to play, which I consider Google AdWords to be, um, me personally, he asked about Facebook. I haven't found much success with Facebook ads for my, for my detailing business, everyone rants and raves that they're cheap. Um, but in my own experience, Facebook ads have not done anything for me. Um, but uh, so Google AdWords would be kind of a shortcut to um, better SEO, I guess. But I think the common thread through all that is you have to be able to be found on the Internet. And that all starts with got to have a website. Yeah. And if you have that, yeah, definitely you could check out the Google AdWords course. Um, that'll kind of help you. I call it the the way to cheat to get better SEO because it's it's kind of cheating, but you're paying to cheat. I don't know. Well, I look at it as um, you have one of two choices because it it boils down to you need to become relevant on the internet, right? And the reason that's so critical is because that's where you will get what I call the right customers. Yes. Now, it's it's at a level it's like fishing with a net where you're going to bring up all sure. you're going to bring up the bottom dwellers, you're going to bring up the cheap asses, you're going to yeah. bring up everything, a little bit of everything, but it's also how you get the right kind of customer, which is very critical because you can get customers, but they may not be what I consider the right customers. So, it's all about becoming relevant. Yeah. You need to become relevant with the search engines. You either have you have two choices. You can either do it what's called organically, mm-hmm. which is what I do. Which is SEO, right? Yes, yeah, search okay. engine optimization. Mm-hmm. So the search engines, Google, Bing, Yahoo, are the three major players. They decide based on endless factors how relevant you are and where you will populate when someone does a search term like car detailing Orange County. Mm. Or you can pay your way to the top, which is what your Google AdWords uh, course teaches you how to do, and you can do it very inexpensively, and it works. And so 
you can pay, as you say, pay to play, or you can do it my way. My way is much more difficult and, and, and labor intensive. Um, and it's just a choice I made. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's, there's no right or I think both ways are right to do it. And you could also, if you didn't want to do uh, SEO yourself like you did, you can pay an SEO company to do right. it for you. Um, and, and honest, in all honesty, if I was to do it over it over again, I would still do what I'm mm-hmm. doing, but I would have done what you do years ago. Yeah. But I just knew that I wanted to learn it. I wanted to become self-reliant. Yeah. Totally. Uh, so that was just a personal choice that I made. But if I was to do it over again, I would have done what you are can teach people and at the beginning of your podcast it announces that yeah on your podcast um you know uh auto detailing podcast.com slash google or whatever mm-hmm. so to me that's the simple answer of that cool um and i know there's guys out there that are saying in their head right now it's like well what if i don't have a website what if i literally have no money and i'm just starting on a shoestring budget what I tell guys is don't underestimate the power of face-to-face contact. Yeah. And it's called networking. That's where you establish rapport and trust with people by having a direct conversation. And that's literally what I did when I started out is I just had business cards printed up. I rolled into a business park yep. that I took a look at and, and realized that there was enough nice cars sitting out front which I could almost guarantee with a business owner's cars. And I just went door to door in that business park, introduced myself and had that face to face contact. And you'd be amazed if you just do that consistently that you, I promise you, you will get work. Yep. Consistency. Just show up. Yes. But most guys, they, they want the shortcuts or they don't want to do the hard stuff because right. it is, it's, it's awkward. It's uncomfortable yeah. for most people. I know for me, it was very awkward. Yeah, but I hate I that. That it was sink or swim. Yeah. And I was going to swim and this is what was required. And this is way before the internet existed. So today you have far more choices. Yeah, and there's I I personally hate walking into an office building asking if anyone wants their car washed. But if you don't have, uh, like you said, if you're if you're literally starting with like no money and all you have is some time, then you're just gonna have to pound the pavement. You know, yes. that's just the reality of it. So, uh, but the Google AdWords or SEO again, both a great option. Okay, let's do – we'll do one more question because we're creeping up on an hour here. So um, this one is from Wes Walls. Oh, and if you have any questions, we can – sorry. Do you have Do you have a question that you want to ask or did that someone ask you that you want to answer? Uh, you know what? Actually, I was going to suggest that you and I do a separate podcast okay. because it would – and it's really just one of the most common questions is how do I set up my business name? Okay. Um and it, and it goes to that that topic of just the business uh, operations, okay. picking a name, getting business cards printed, uh, a fictitious business name. What does that mean? How is that relevant to opening up a bank account? 
how is that relevant to operating a business? Yep. But you and I, I think, could spend easily 20 to 30 minutes just okay. on that topic alone. So, we'll, so I think that would be worthy of a, a separate podcast personally. Okay. Cool. Then we'll we'll stick with that, and we could definitely do that. So then I'll go with this question from Wes Walls. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, I agree that our industry needs to spend more time talking about running a business. We all have different strengths and levels of service and pricing, but what isn't different is that we all are in business and every business needs to manage profits like we kind of already talked about. The kind of questions that are important to answer are things like, how do I build a menu that will maximize profit and provide easy to understand value to my clientele? How do I maintain a working relationship with my customers and keep them coming back and referring their friends? So... How do you kind of create a menu, I guess, of services to maximize profit and then uh, kind of maintaining and nurturing the relationship with your current clientele so they send you more work? How do you kind of do that? Wow. To me, that question alone is could be broken down into three yeah. uh, pretty comprehensive topics. Uh, establishing a menu, that's a commonly asked question. Mm -hmm. Darren, how do I set my prices? My simple answer is you check out your competition you align or you, you weigh your competition in your direct market. Mm -hmm. Let's say it's a 5, 10, 15, 20 mile radius, both mobile uh, detailers, car washes, and fixed location detail shops. You research or do your due diligence, and then you weigh it against your expertise or lack of it. How much experience do you have? Uh, so that's where, to me, the simple answer is that's where you start out with creating your pricing. Okay. Creating your detail menu gets trickier because I see endless detail menus, and it's amazing how many of the basics people miss out mm. in that they, A, have typos in the menu, and right there that loses credibility. Yeah, huge. If someone sees that this guy can't even get spell the words correctly what is he saying right i mean how many bit how about you i've seen i don't know how many business cards where the person doesn't even spell mobile correctly <laughs> they literally drop the e off yeah. the word mobile yeah all the time so yeah i got a i got a product uh from a pretty reputable company uh that we've talked about and they had a spelling error on their label yeah and, and I get, you know, typos happen. They happen. But when you've got more than one and you start seeing them or you see poor use of language and grammar. Or you're a mobile detailer and you don't spell mobile, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that's where creating the menu. And I see a lot of guys where they use terminology that the average consumer does not even understand. Mm -hmm. and so they lose the person. So pricing is one issue creating your menu is a separate issue and then how do you establish that trust and rapport and that relationship with that customer for the long term and that's what i call building equity in your customer base so those are very mm. you and i could spend easily another hour just addressing those questions um which would be once again? I mean, there's so there's endless topics that you and I could cover on this podcast. Kidding. Um, so, without droning on for the next hour on those answers, um, they are very specific uh, questions with with very specific 
answers that I would have from my own personal experience. Okay. So I don't know what what's your thought. And, and, and so to me, the simple way of dealing with that is first come up with your pricing structure. Yeah. Uh, take a look at your who are you competing against. You know, just don't pull some arbitrary number out of your backside and think that hey, I'm worth eighty bucks an hour. Takes me four hours to detail a basic car, so that's what my pricing is going to be. Right. It's not that simple, you know, because it's going to be a case by case based on the where you actually live and your competition, and then at least get the basics right of your menu. Don't use terminology that people don't understand. Make sure the the you don't have typos in there, yeah. and give it to four or five other people and say, here's my menu. Does this make sense to you? Because I read these menus. I go to guys' websites, and I think if I was Johnny Customer looking to hire you, this menu doesn't even make sense. A lot of it's either redundant or it does, it confuses me. It's like, well, wait, is he talking about the interior or what? You know, just simple stuff. So that would be my short answer in 5,000 words or less. <laughs> In trying to answer that question, yeah, I, I would say you know just keep it simple, and and it's it is it does get difficult to kind of talk about everything you do in a detail on your website that can get kind of long, I guess you know, and and I'm the same way when I start looking at some of these menus, they they go on so long, I'm just like this is so much reading, like I just you know I I don't know, and and kind of this whole. One thing I've started to see is like uh, a lot of guys doing like level three, level four paint correction. And it's like if you're a customer, they don't know what level four paint correction is. Yeah, unless you're taking the time to uh, explain right. in, in a way that they can understand it, right? then that's fine. Because, for example, if guys were to go to my pricing page, it is very comprehensive. Mm. I've I've tried to accommodate both the person that wants to keep it simple and make it very logical and simple as well as cater to the person that wants more information. Okay. So I've tried to cater to both types of people. And so they can they can simplify it and I've have it listed in packages which are are, are pretty uh, you know kind of cliché where it's the silver, gold and platinum package. Okay. That's what I. That's what I've chosen to done. I tell them exactly what I'm going to do, and then I go down into detail on all the add-on stuff. You know, whether it's paint correction, why they would possibly need it, what it means. I explain how for 80% of the people, I don't remember exactly the number I used, that my gold package will accommodate probably 85% of the people. You know, so I I kind of answer questions for them that they don't necessarily know to ask themselves. So I answer it for them. Okay. But it, it, is, it is difficult, and it's a work in progress. I mean, I tweak my menu probably every six months, yeah. honestly. For sure, for sure. And and pricing is one of the hardest things, and, and I agree with you. See what your competition um, is charging and see what they're doing because that, though you don't have to copy their prices, at least you know where you stand with your yeah competition per se so you know how to combat that when customers call you because most guys are going to want to be higher i think you know just for the sake of being higher so you got to be able to uh 
you know. We all want to be higher than, than our competition. Right. <laughs> it's like bragging rights. Yeah. And then to kind of the tail end of his question, and, and we'll close with this, but how to kind of um, take care of your clientele and how I do it is I'm always asking, I'm trying to get ingrained into their um, life. So I want to become as much a part of their life so that um, uh, to kind of create that loyalty. So I don't, I don't know if that's the right way to do it, but I'm always taking care of my clients. Sometimes that means I'm throwing out a free service, like a free wax or yeah, let me, remove that small scratch for you for free or some something along those lines. So I, I'll sometimes throw in some freebies. Um, they're always add-ons though. I never throw in like a free uh, car wash or a free, right. I, I never throw in a free full service. It's always an add-on service that I, and that's kind of always worked for me to kind of just take care of the customers. That's good. And, and to me, I simplify that by calling that over delivering. Yeah, there you go. And I, I always try to figure out, okay, this is this this job that I did will I know it will meet their expectations. How do I exceed their expectations and how do I what I call over deliver? So there's endless ways you can do it. And it could be as simple as what you just labeled, like, you know, maybe Miss Johnny customer's wife comes home and she's unloading groceries. Right. I'll stop what I'm doing and say, hey, how about if I give you a hand with that? Yeah. And typically they're going to say, oh, don't worry about it. I say, no, no, no. It'll think how much quicker it'll be. And so I kind of force myself upon them right. in an attempt to show that, hey, I'm a nice guy because I know people like doing business with people that are friendly and nice. Right. And I just look for little tiny ways to over deliver and show that I'm likable, I'm nice. I'm, I'm, I want to help and I want to over deliver. And it's those subtle forms of communication that establish long-term equity in your customers. Totally. Well, I think that'll do it for our first, uh, Q and a session. How can, uh, (laughs) I like, I enjoy that. Yeah, that was, that was super fun. But, um, so I think we're going to do this, uh, probably once a month because I think we get enough questions between the two of us to at least at least do one full episode a month if people want to watch your youtube videos or get a hold of you uh not that you need more fan mail but how can they do it (laughs) uh if on youtube all they have to do virtually it's three words to find me anywhere auto fetish detail just google it whether it's my (laughs) website my youtube channel um facebook those three words uh, will bring up me and my world. And uh, so if you want to go to my website and look at my own pricing, and I've offered this to guys, they can literally copy my pricing. But just be careful because if you are copying it for a website, Google frowns upon mm. plagiarism, and they will be able to identify that it truly is copied. So you got to put it in your own words. But... Um, so yeah, that, that that's an easy I'm really an easy find, those three words. Today's sponsor of the show is Bluehost. Bluehost offers domains and hosting. If you're looking at buying a domain name 
or hosting your current domain name, head on over to autodetailingpodcast.com slash website. I've worked out a deal with Bluehost for special discounts and offers for Auto Detailing Podcast listeners. And it also helps me out too. It gives me a little bit of kickback for each one of you that sign up through that website, autodetailingpodcast.com slash website, where you can get a free domain name with a hosting plan. So head on over to autodetailingpodcast.com slash website and pick up that free domain with any hosting package. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Auto Detailing Podcast. Head on over to autodetailingpodcast.com for full show notes and links of everything that we've talked about today. And don't forget to check out our resources page for a direct link to all the products talked about not only on today's episode, but that I use in my day-to-day detail business. They have direct links so you could purchase and get free shipping right from that page. That's autodetailingpodcast.com. We'll see you on the next episode.